Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Muller She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest is Christopher Boozy. He's the CEO of Bot Sentinel. He has been on the show a couple of different times. Today, I'm going to talk to him about Elon Musk and a bunch of other stuff, but he's got a prediction about Elon Musk, so this is going to be an interesting chat. Before we get started, though, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, supported by listeners, and it's woman-run. A great big thank you to everybody who supports the show. If you enjoy today's podcast, visit patreon.com slash startmeup. Check out all the tiers. I do include a tier with a much shorter intro and no ads. You can hear the free shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they're followed up by What's Up, a show just for patrons where I talk about anything that comes to mind. It's a little more personal, kind of like my online diary. Visit patreon.com slash startmeup. And don't forget, you can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Christopher Boozy. Welcome back to the show, Christopher. Thanks for inviting me, Kimberly. I appreciate uh, you know being on Aww. and being able to talk to your listeners. Well, you're fun. You are. You crack me up on Twitter. Oh my God, you're so sarcastic, and I love it. <laughs> I love sarcasm, and you're just really fucking good at it. And the the great thing about your sarcasm is you're like serious. You're a serious person, but you're also really good at sarcasm. And it's so funny because we're just going to jump right in. I want to have, I, I hope we can get to some fun stuff because everything is so fucking awful, but, um, I'm going to go, let me see, where is it? So you're, you've made a prediction about Elon Musk. So we're going to talk about that, but some guy on April 28th answered your tweet. You said, Tesla. I always say Tesla. Tesla is down 50 or 5.3 percent i seriously doubt elon will be able to close the twitter deal so this was april 28th so some guy says that deal is already done so an hour ago you quote tweeted him and say i came back to say i told you so <laughs> i fucking love it it's so fucking cool sarcasm and pettiness to the jerks <laughs> it's used like weaponize your pettiness in, in a humorous way and i fucking love it okay so let's talk about um your main the, the main tweet that i want to talk about here is you say the other day you tweeted this here are my predictions one elon musk is the deal isn't happening two more lawsuits are coming and then three within 12 months twitter will have a new ceo so let's start with number one the Twitter deal isn't sure. happening. Explain this to people who don't understand what's going on, which is kind of me. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I, I stated a few weeks ago, <clears throat> uh, the deal wasn't happening because it just from, from a business uh, you know, standpoint, it just didn't make any sense. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, he would have to sell off a bunch of his, his shares in Tesla uh, to fund it. He was also, he also had to get a, um, a, a pretty much a margin loan, which for the folks don't understand, um, you know, you use your assets um, as collaterals. In this case, it would be his his shares in Tesla. Uh, you know, the fun part of the the uh, you know the deal, and what would happen is if the for whatever reason Tesla starts to go down in value, um, the banks, the lenders, they could you know. Do a margin call where mm -hmm. he would be forced to, to, to sell those shares. Um, hmm. you know, so it didn't really make sense. Mm -hmm. um, and so even then, I was just telling everyone like this is not going to happen. Hmm. But when when the shares of Tesla actually started going down, and uh, you know it, it went somewhere I can't remember the number now, but it was it was definitely below. Um, Eight hundred, um, excuse me, below nine hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. It was like maybe eight fifty, eight sixty, somewhere around there. Um, you know, I said, yeah, this is this is not going, this is definitely not going to close, or you know, it's unlikely to close. And and the reason why I was saying that because the value, you know, his his actual personal wealth was going down, but also because the value of the shares was going down, uh, Tesla, uh, it just makes it harder for lenders. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Okay, so. Um, now you said more lawsuits are coming. What does that mean? Well, yeah, so it's all tied together, right? So he comes in, you know, says he has the funding, funding basically secured, and that he you know, offered his best and final, and, you know, he will be moving forward with this deal, yada, yada, yada. So, of course, when you have a CEO, the, the richest 
man on the planet say this and you know that these these shares are going to be purchased meaning the the actual twitter shares Mm -hmm. at a certain number um you're going to buy those shares now because you're like oh man this is this is easy money because Mm -hmm. elon will be purchasing these shares in a few months when you know this deal is is finalized uh so you had to run you know you you had a, a bunch of folks buying these shares um and then you had the uh, actual you know, shareholders and investors, some who were not happy about this deal for wh- whatever reason. There mm-hmm. was actually a lawsuit. I think it was the uh, police pension fund in Florida, if I'm not mistaken, uh, sued because uh, you know they, they have these different laws and rules and things like that. And they basically said that he cannot take ownership of the company for three years since he's a major uh, shareholder Hmm. or something along those lines. Um, So when he started kind of wavering on this deal Mm -hmm. and, you know, using bots as an excuse. (laughs) Yeah, I will get into that too. (laughs) Uh, uh, He started using bots as an excuse to pull out of the deal. Right. Um, The value of Twitter, the shares pretty much collapsed, you know, Hmm. I mean, the last time I looked, it was it was trading just above thirty seven dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he announced, you know, it went as high as I think fifty three dollars to take. Uh, I, I could be a little bit off there, uh, or forty something. I, I can't remember now. But it you know it was obviously much higher because uh, you know. But again, oh, this is easy money. Mm-hmm. So now it's below. Before you know, before he even announced that he may be joining the board for this whole acquisition stuff, when it was just about him joining the board, the price is actually lower. So you know, investors can make. And I'm not a lawyer. I, I want everyone to know I'm not a lawyer. I, you know, I follow this stuff um, uh, pretty closely, and you know, they may have a good argument to make that he came in. You know, he. He boosted basically the you know the value of it, had people excited, um, and then he started saying things on Twitter that really hurt the value of the of, you know of, of the shares, the stock. Hmm. Um, so yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, okay, so you said we're going to have a new Twitter CEO in twelve months. <laughs> so what made you make this prediction, and do you think you know who it could be? Don't know who it will be, but I I'm I'm confident that he will not be there for 12 months okay so to, to just to just to get by this quickly okay mm-hmm. yo uh, the, the the most important part of being a ceo is leadership mm-hmm. your employees look up to you they look to you for guidance um and you know twitter's ceo let's just be honest here um has not shown leadership publicly mm-hmm. um you know it, Elon has pretty much just <laughs> moonwalked all over him and, yeah. and the and the board, and it's just been, you know, I, I guess I can curse a huge clusterfuck. You yeah. know, in terms of a merger acquisition, I have never seen anything like this before, <laughs> uh, where you know, one group or an individual is purchasing a company, and everything has been played out publicly. Um, and Twitter CEO is kind of just you know, played into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he hasn't shown leadership, but more, you know, beyond that, there are folks, I, I, I obviously have, you know, I know individuals at Twitter and, you know, what's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of folks have lost confidence in him. Hmm. Interesting. Um, morale in the company, I can tell you, is, is, down the tubes and this is mm-hmm. this has actually been reported out as well so this yes. is just not me you know saying this it's 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 just in the tube yeah i saw and, that yeah yeah you saw that okay mm-hmm. yeah yeah um because a lot of folks there don't want Elon owning the company right, right? yeah and they felt like the ceo didn't do enough to protect right. i guess they felt like protect them and the company mm-hmm. um so they're they're really upset about that yeah so yeah it's so it's hard once people lose faith in you i think you know your, your listeners know this when someone when when people trust you 
and you disappoint them and mm-hmm. they start to lose faith in you, it's hard to get that back. It's hard right. to gain that. Yeah. Uh, and I, he just doesn't seem like the type of guy that's going to be able to do that, in my opinion. Interesting. And um, yeah, I can I can see that. Um, so the bot thing, let's mm-hmm. talk about that. He, you know, he's using them as an excuse. Is that your your take on it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so so here's something a lot of folks don't know. Okay, so in Twitter's uh, SEC SEC filing, um, you know, they 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 have this i don't know even how many pages but it's, it's definitely over uh, 60 something pages and 70 pages whatever and they do talk about you know the fake accounts the inauthentic accounts mm-hmm. and you know they estimate it's less than five percent mm-hmm. but in the same filing uh do i have it here so i can read it off i want to i want to read it off verbatim just give me one second no problem uh, Let's see here, because it's it's really interesting that they do this, and you know, of course most people are not reading, you know, I see, I see right. yeah. so, so they don't see this stuff. Okay, ah, uh, here we go. Let's see. So they say, um, however, this is after a whole bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know, talking about it. They say, however. This estimate is based on internal review of samples of accounts, and we apply significant judgment in making this determination. As such, (laughs) our estimation of false or spam accounts may not accurately represent the actual number of such accounts, and the actual number of false or spam accounts could be higher than we have currently estimated. Hmm. So, so in their own SEC filing, they're basically saying, hey, yeah, the number we gave you is more than likely probably not accurate anyway. Um, so I thought it was interesting that Elon said that he used the SEC filings as, you know, he, he, he believed them. But in, in that filing, you know, in the SEC filings, they pretty much say, hey, look, our, our numbers may not be accurate. It may right. be higher. And, right. And, and, and for just so your, your your listeners know, it is it is higher. Mm-hmm. We're not the only firm. You know, we we monitor two point over two point five million accounts, wow. and we have a a pretty diverse uh, uh, you know data set where it, it's not just like focused on political Twitter or crypto Twitter or whatever. It, you know, it's it's millions of of accounts, you know, spread out. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a you know a, a you know a good idea of the makeup of Twitter, and we estimate the number to be between ten to fifteen percent hmm. in authentic accounts, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does go higher depending on the topic. Oh, you know, yeah. you know, you always hear right. about Black Twitter, yeah. you know, whatever Twitter. So if it's politics, if it's crypto, you're going to see a higher number mm-hmm. of you know accounts versus you know someone you know uh cat twitter right, or, exactly. or, or gami twitter or something cat like that twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so do you do you see this as as elon just being like being like um oh there's more bots than i thought so never mind i mean is there is there a legitimate argument that he's making here that there's more than they're saying or is he just saying it so he doesn't have to buy it well, well, both. Well, okay. So, a couple things. One, he 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 understands and he knows that Twitter can't give him the information that he's requesting. He knows it, mm-hmm. and I tweeted that a few days ago. So, it's it's actually, I, I can't say it's clever because he still really can't get out of the deal because of this. But you know, it's 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 a great way of boxing someone in mm-hmm. to something, right? Because. Mm-hmm. He knows it's it's like if you 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 know you catch your your lover, you know secretly texting right, and mm-hmm. you say hey, you know I, I need to see your phone because I don't believe you're telling me the truth, and if you don't, I'm I'm leaving. Now, if your lover was really texting someone else, they can't show you the phone, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So you know, so this is what. Elon is doing. He he knows Twitter can't show him the numbers because Elon knows that these numbers are are nonsense. And like I said, pretty much everyone in my field knows these numbers are nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a great way. It's a you know a, a 
putting uh, the CEO in a box. Uh, but yeah, he he also doesn't want to buy it anymore because you know, he for whether he offered to you know, a higher uh, amount than he should have, mm-hmm. uh, or it's because also because you know the funding um, you know, is not secured mm-hmm. and the value of Tesla has went down significantly <laughs> since he's made that offer. So I, you know, I don't know if he got cold feet or whatever, but the, the, the deal is not happening. Good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I had a conversation with somebody who's not on Twitter and doesn't really get what this would mean. Although this person is a liberal and this person definitely does not like Donald Trump. Um, I think, I don't want to say who it is, but um, just because it's in my family and it's private and, you know, I don't want to drag people into my family who don't ask to be on my podcast. So, but the idea is this person said, oh, Twitter doesn't even affect me. And, and I was like, well, it does affect you. It, it affects you whether you are on Twitter or not. And, and, you know, just one of the more basic examples is these videos of outrageous behavior that we're seeing from Karens and from MAGA people you know, just being insulting in a, in a Starbucks or something like that. And while I don't think Twitter or s- social media is responsible for that, I think that when one person on social media sees behavior like that, you know, one kind of person, they're going to be, oh, okay, that like, goes into the downloads into their brain. And then the next time they're in Starbucks and somebody pisses them off, they're going to mimic the behavior that they saw. So you could be that person who's not on Twitter and you're at Starbucks <laughs> and you've got some fucking asshole raging at you because of something they've seen on Twitter. And so Twitter affects us all. And but but one of the things that I was worried about and I just want to kind of, you know, run this by you and see if you agree. Somebody like Elon Musk who promised to bring Donald Trump back if he's the CEO and his whole bullshit about um, you know, free speech well, we don't know yet exactly what he considers to be free speech because you can go dox someone and that's not against the law. And, you know, you can dox them and put out their personal information. Um, Right now, that's, I don't even know. I know that there have been people who have been doxed and Twitter didn't do anything about it. So it has happened. But I think with somebody like Elon Musk, you know, running Twitter and these people, these you know, soulless goals out there um, going, oh, well, if this is the CEO and we're allowed to just have free speech, then there's all kinds of really horrible content that we don't see right now just because of, you know, private Twitter rules and, um, you know, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or whatever you're on, you know, certain kinds of pornography or, or whatever it is that's just fucking awful and not necessarily illegal. Um, would be on your feet. And the way I look at it is because I spend so much time on Twitter, as so many of us do, especially, you know, I'm on political Twitter and I'm a woman. And I don't think I have it that bad. I mean, I get my fair share of insults and, you know, by bots or whoever jerks telling me I need to be raped or whatever it is. But it's not to the point where I'm driven off. And I, you know, my fear with Elon Musk is that, and I don't know how it would be. Honestly, we wouldn't know until it happened but my fear would be that it would it would push people certain people who just can't fucking take it off because it's so awful and there would be so much abuse and no, nothing would be done about it and that was my kind of main fear is that is that the direction you were looking at or did you see another uh negative kind of threat because because he would own twitter right okay wow yeah so first thing yes you know that was one of my main concerns. Mm-hmm. It would just be a cesspool of myths and disinformation mm-hmm. and you know, targeted harassment and abuse, you know, under the guise of free speech. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I told, uh, I think it was Wired, um, I think it was Wired Magazine, you know, I told them that someone like Elon Musk would be you know, a threat to democracy on mm-hmm. Twitter. And, you know, it wasn't hyperbolic or, you know, and the reason, here's the reason why. You know, if you have someone like Donald Trump back on the platform mm-hmm. or other folks who are putting out election disinformation, 
you know, we're about to have the elections here in midterms yeah. in the United States. You have in Brazil. Um, I mean, they are dealing with this disinformation plague um, mm -hmm. on different platforms, um, but especially Twitter. And you have, you know, this stuff just, you know, just being put out there and not being challenged, no moderation whatsoever. And even it's like, hey, anything goes. Um, that would be detrimental to um, democracies worldwide. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a platform like Twitter, which a lot of folks don't realize, um, drives news cycles. Um, and what I mean by that, you know, when was the last time you, know, you were reading an article, you saw a Facebook post cited? Yeah, right. I guarantee at least once a day you see a Twitter post. Yes. Cited. <laughs> at least once a day. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's where we have our world leaders communicating, journalists, and so forth. So Twitter is, 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 is extremely important in the bigger, you know, picture scheme of things. And someone like Elon Musk owning Twitter with this whole free speech nonsense would be bad for everyone, especially women, women of color, LGBTQ uh, plus uh, community, and just anyone you know it just just marginalized people in general um because then you're going to have these crazy folks that are going to be on and, and like you said just saying whatever they mm -hmm. want to say doxing people and doing whatever uh so it's a good thing like someone like Elon Musk who just doesn't uh, or, or choose not to understand you know the gravity of of the situation and yeah. why it's important to moderate certain things yeah wow all right, well, I have so many more questions for you. But first, we must take a little break, and we'll be back after this message. Hey there, it's Kimberly. If you'd like to support the Start Me Up podcast, just visit patreon.com slash startmeup. You'll see all the different tiers. You can make your choice, and you will have my undying gratitude. Thank you so much. Okay, we are back. So switching subjects now, um, I want to know... I, I just want to know what you think about Roe, the, the possible killing of Roe v. Wade, striking it down. Um, I'll kind of tell you after you tell me. My, my listeners already kind of know my stance on this. But I just, you know, the, the, that leak came out. And what do you think, just in general? Devastating. Um, obviously for women's rights and, and, and reproductive rights, but... It's going to go well, way beyond that. That's mm -hmm. just, you know, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. You know, once you start chipping away, uh, it, you, you don't stop, mm -hmm. right? So it's going to be that. Then they'll go after same-sex marriage and, and gay rights next. Definitely. You know, they go after the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. And then what's next? Civil rights. Mm -hmm. You know, so anyone out there who thinks this is not going to affect them just, just – don't know any better um because this <laughs> yeah. is how it starts yeah this affects all of us even i mean even abortion affects men it's not in a women's issue I mean, it's mostly having to do with our bodies but you know this extends into couples who can't afford another kid and if you know if the husband just you know i've got three kids and i work two jobs and i just can't i can't afford another kid the government's going tough shit you're gonna have this other kid so it, it affects men <laughs> it, it, it affects men it affects you know society in general mm -hmm. because you're going to have you know a, a bunch of kids that unfortunately may be in the system right. because the mothers like you said mother and fathers uh can't afford these children may have to put them up for adoption um you know so that, you know, people just don't you know this whole thing about pro-life these folks that scream pro-life and in free speech as well um they they, they they don't really believe this stuff mm -hmm. um because these same folks that are talking about pro-life didn't really say nothing with, with the mass shooting we just had right there so though right where you, you you had these people slaughtered and they're silent about it yeah right so so what the, the pro-life stuff ends when you know, the baby is born and that's it. You know, right. you don't care about other lives. Um, so that's one thing. Then the other thing 
you know, the whole free speech stuff, and it's a little bit off topic, but it, it, it really gets under my skin when folks talk about free speech, but then, you know, they want to ban books. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> you know, they they want to they stop, uh, you know, teachers from teaching certain things in school, but hey, free speech. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, you know, these people are frauds. At, at the end of the day, that's what they are. They are mm-hmm. frauds. Um, but we are, we are living in dangerous times right now. And and unfortunately, you know, the Democrats are sleeping at the wheel. And, you know, I remember our last conversation and mm-hmm. I said to you that, you know, I don't think, you know, the Democrats are going to get and this is way before all of this happened, mm-hmm. are going to get their clocks cleaned in the midterm because, you know, if everyone always predicts, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, if it's the Republicans who who gained the White House, then that next election, the Democrats will, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and so forth. Um, and I said because things have changed. And you know, if you would have asked me three weeks ago, I would say, hey, you know something, the Democrats are going to get their class cleaned, <laughs> unfortunately, because you know they pissed off a lot of folks, not just obviously Republicans, but people within the party, uh, because you know they didn't get voting rights done. Um, you know, they did not expand the court. Uh, you know, they, they didn't get things done that people wanted them to get done. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of people out there that were just like, you know what, the hell with this. Like, I worked hard to help get these people elected, and they're not doing what they're supposed to do to help them. However, um, this, this Roe v. Wade stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's going to change the dynamic of this election. That's what I was pretty much getting at. I wanted to know, I mean, I asked Rachel Bittekoffer on Thursday, do you think this is going to change up how, uh, you know, engaged and motivated voters are? And she said, yes. And the reason, I mean, everything's a big question mark, but yes, because this was the first time in Biden's presidency that there were spontaneous protests. And, you know, I have to say when I first heard this news, um, of course, it was shocking, but not entirely shocking. It was only shocking because my whole life it's been legal. And so to hear that this is this right is le- legitimately going to be taken away, even though we've heard rumors about it, um, it was kind of shocking. But, you know, as I've said many times, I, I, I have to preface this that I do not want abortion to be illegal at all. I don't think it should be. But... The Republicans have been chipping away at abortion rights ever since 2011 when the the Tea Party got, I mean, they've been doing it before, but they were really successful because they had those stupid fucking trap laws. And, you know, in red states like Mississippi, I always use Mississippi and Texas because they had so many abortion clinics, let's say 45. And I don't know how long it took them, two, three, four, five years from 45 clinics down to like one or zero. And so that, that happened. And because they're red states... I think it would be one thing if it happened in a blue state, but I think it was less noticeable in red states. Even though you'd hear about it on Twitter and a little bit on the news, there was never a lot of emphasis put on what they were actually doing, which was even though it was still legal, it was no longer accessible. And it was because it wasn't accessible, it's also not affordable because if you live in Texas and there's no abortion clinics, then you're going to have to travel, you're going to have to take off work. So it's it's both of those things. Um, but it's quiet. And, and when, when you're, de- and obviously there are liberal women who live in red states, but there mm-hmm. are also a lot of these women who wouldn't, even if when it's legal, abortion is not an option for them because their family and their friends and their lives are, you know, whether they're MAGAs or, <clears throat> excuse me, evangelicals and they don't believe in religion. So even if the, a, a young woman gets pregnant and doesn't want to have the kid, maybe her boyfriend or husband and family and her church and all of it is enough to pressure her into it. So there's going to be a certain amount of the population in those red states who aren't really even going to realize that their rights have been taken away with these trap laws. Um, Although obviously the liberal women in those states are, and the Republican women who would want abortions would be aware of this, but it was quiet. You know, you did, it wasn't on the news 24-7. It was just, you know, okay, getting caught up in language like 15 weeks and heartbeat and shit like that. And, and, and when you're paying close attention, you understand what it all means and you understand their coded language and all this shit. But when you're not paying attention, it's just not even on your radar. 
And that night when this leak came out, it's like, okay, it's going to be on all our fucking radar now because it's loud. It's not quiet. It's not stealth. And, and I'm, I'm actually finding myself hopeful about this because as I've also said, in every horrible situation, there is an opportunity. And this is a fucking horrible situation. And this is our opportunity because I don't understand why white supremacy and, you know, constant Republican crimes and blatant cruelty just wasn't enough. Because the one thing I want to say about what you said, that people are disappointed in Biden. Well, Biden is one man and mm-hmm. he has a slim majority in the Senate, and we've got two senators who are paid off by the Koch brothers, and the majority of the Senate wants to take us in the right direction, in the direction that all of us worked so hard to get them elected. We've got these two people who are holding things up, and for those people out there who are like, yeah, and I don't think they listen to my show, but those disgruntled, I didn't get what I want, and I worked really hard, well, if you understand how government works, it's not at your whim or to please you or to fill up your purity politics, it's understanding that we need a bigger majority, and the things that you want done are more likely going to get done, and if they're not done, at that particular time, then you have another election and you can put your voice to use in that election. And if everybody voted in every election, our, everything would be different in this country. Every, it would be so different. So it's like, yeah, the Democrats haven't been able to execute what Joe Biden you know, exactly wanted to execute, but right. he just didn't have those numbers because of Manchin and Cinema. And I mean, at least cinema is, um, oh God, she just backed something that, I think it was the abortion, it, or, or if it was codifying Roe, and of course Manchin didn't. But those, you know, and it might be a few other Democrats, you know, those are the two Democrats that we always talk about. Maybe there's one or two, but the majority of the, the House keeps fucking passing shit. It just yep. doesn't go through in the Senate. So to all those people who are blaming Joe Biden and the Democrats for not getting, it's just because we don't have a big enough majority and it's fucking fascists, white supremacists, or it's Democrats. And it's like, Oh my God, I don't, I, I hope that abortion is going to be that catalyst for voters. And, you know, I kind of want to go back because I asked you about this before and I honestly don't remember exactly what your answer was, but um, I, I believe the last time you were on the show, I was asking you about how is the rise of white supremacy affecting you? And if memory serves, and you can, of course, correct me, of course, you know, it's an issue and you care about it, but it wasn't wasn't this like you weren't so concerned that they were going to win. And now, um, now that they're walking around with the fucking great replacement conspiracy and all of the stuff that's going on, do you, do you still have a cool head about this or do you, are you concerned? What do you think? Well, yeah. Um, okay. Yes. I'm concerned in terms of when you have, you know, these mentally ill individuals who go out, shoot up churches Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, uh, you know, supermarkets and things of that nature. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. But do I think overall, right, that like white supremacy will win in terms of this country going back another 50 years, 100 years or whatever? No, I don't. Um, I do think, you know, I think it, it, it takes a bit here in the United States for people to wake up, but when they do, you know, it's like enough is enough. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 you know, maybe I'm just being you know, optimistic. Um, <laughs> you know, being, hey, look, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a black man living in America. Um, you know, I, I see what, what happens um, and not just to black folks, but just, you know, people of color in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there are there are folks out there who believe that their whiteness is being challenged. You know mm-hmm. that they they are now becoming the minority, and, and obviously that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is stuff that's being pushed because there are there are folks that you know they feed off of this. Mm-hmm. Um, there are folks out there that are trying to inflame this stuff and to get a race war or a mm-hmm. civil war um, started. 
Um, and un- unfortunately, there there are people out there who who are just looking to be part of something, and sometimes that that That's part true. of something yeah. is is a hate group yeah. or a you know you know this 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 crazy guy that 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 did this mass shooting um you know if social media let's just put it this way social media plays a huge part in all of this and this is why i'm so hard on twitter especially twitter but other platforms as well they need to do more mm-hmm. to stop this crap mm-hmm. right I, I don't care about this whole nonsense about free speech and whatever the hell it is look <laughs> now this is what i say to people yeah you want to go out on the corner someplace and scream about this nonsense and do that, but you can't come and do that in my house. Right. You know, if I'm at, if, you know, if you're at a wedding, you can't get up in the middle of that wedding and start spewing whatever you want to spew. Yeah. You escorted out. Right. right? <laughs> so it's the same thing with the platform. If you're going to be spewing stuff that's just, just completely, you know, over the line, mm-hmm then you're going to be escorted off of the platform (laughs) to spend it. And this is what Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Reddit, and the rest of these folks need to understand. Mm -hmm. Now, here's where now I do blame, and this is not just Democrats, this is just uh, government in general. Mm -hmm. We need legislation to um, regulate these platforms. I agree, 100%, yeah. Enough is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, letting these platforms self-govern themselves and regulate themselves and whatever is just not working. Mm-hmm. And as I stated earlier, democracy, not just in the United States, across the globe, mm-hmm. is on the line. No, really quickly, Kimberly, because people just don't understand how easy it is to manipulate conversations. Now, on, on on social media platforms, um, you know, we did the series of reports on accounts targeting Meghan Markle, right? Mm-hmm. And when when I first started tweeting about this stuff, they were like, "Why is your company even focused on this? Like, Meghan Markle is is rich, um, you know, like why should I care? Like, you should be focusing on election disinformation and stuff like that." And and I explained to people, just give it time, mm-hmm. you'll understand why we're doing this. Um, so the purpose behind that in, in exposing this network of accounts that were targeting her was to show that a group, a small group, fewer than uh, 100 people in total, you know, and it was only a handful of people that were like the core, you know, the core yeah. folks who were putting out disinformation about her, you know, targeting, targeting her, even though she's not on social media, mm-hmm. creating videos on, on, um, YouTube making hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, a, a year, collectively millions across you know the different uh, channels because there are quite a bit of them. Um, this network of of folks were not trained to do this. Hmm. You know, it was predominantly middle aged Caucasian women with no background in wow. computer science. Uh, no background and obviously mis or disinformation or anything like that. And they were able to influence millions of people on social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, we laid it all out, um, obviously provided the data and provided proof. So the point of that was to show people that, hey, you don't need to be a state-sponsored mm-hmm. organization, uh, you know, with budgets of millions to manipulate conversations on these social media platforms that just a handful of people can influence not just other folks who have your your views but also people in the media mm-hmm. we were able to show where one account just completely just made something up and showed from that person making it up to social media to I uh, quote-unquote journalist, a uh, royal expert, taking that information and then regurgitating it on TV. Wow. And we showed it from beginning to end. Uh, so, yeah, you know, so this is why these platforms have to be regulated um, because it's you, you could pretty much say anything on social media and nothing will happen to you. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I, I shouldn't be able to go on social media right now and say you know 
Kimberly has a meth lab, and she's, <laughs> she, you know, she's 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 making millions of dollars a month selling meth. Why are you and spilling it, my secrets? You know, <laughs> but I can do that, right? And then I can get traction on that, and then all of a sudden, people are saying that you're a meth dealer, and it follows That's you that. for the rest of your life. Yeah. Sort of exactly. That's just not right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just not right. So there has to be something in place to prevent, you know, folks from being able to do that. Well, and you know what? To your point, I believe it was McKay Coppins, who he's an American journalist. He did this dive like for a story where he went on Facebook and he only liked MAGA sites, right? He only liked Trump and then anything that was suggested to him after he started liking the right-winger sites. And this Mm -hmm. guy is a journalist and he understands reality. And he said that even he was manipulated by the information. He started to believe it even though logically he understood that it was disinformation. But it was coming up in his feed just endlessly And when you're fed this endless stream of information, it's going to manipulate what you think, you know, and people, oh, not me. Yes, you. I don't care how smart you are. It's not about intelligence. It's just, it's marketing. They fucking do it all the time on commercials. And yes, you are susceptible. It does not mean you're stupid. Smart people can be manipulated when and like you said, it doesn't even have to be state sponsored. It doesn't have to be this big study on how to do it. It's just people throwing out a bunch of bullshit. And there are hateful people out there, desperate people, insecure people, whatever. And you throw this stuff out and it feeds into all of that negative shit and they glom onto it. And yeah, as we said, it just follows you around for the rest of your life because it doesn't matter that it's true. It's, you know, it's like, for instance, um, Joe Walsh, the presidential candidate, that he, I guess he got behind or he didn't pay child support. And so to this day, it follows him. And I, you know, he's been on my show more than once. We have a good, friendly relationship. I can't take his fucking politics. I just can't. I appreciate Mm -hmm. that he's a never Trumper, but I can't take his politics. Um, That said... I read somewhere because before he came on my show, I thought I better find out about the child support because Mm -hmm. someone's going to throw that at me or throw it at him. And he wound up paying it. I don't know if he had to pay it. I don't know if he was forced to pay it, but he paid it. And that is closed now. It's a done deal. But to this day, the trolls come after him for that. And, you know, I mean, I think he should have paid his child support. I don't know the fucking details about it, but it's been paid. And the whole point here is even if you rectify a situation, even if you right the wrong, you're never going to live it down. And and then to make it worse when it's not true, (laughs) it's just like there's nothing you could do about it. So if you are someone on social media, um, I, I don't want to say you know famous or anything like that, but someone who you know, has a decent following, you're going to have to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if there isn't something out there, then someone will just make something. Yeah, they'll just make it up. It, it's just part of reality now. Um, you know, we all deal with this. You know, anyone like I said that have a decent following that's on social media. Is going to have either making accusations yeah. or making things up or taking something out of context. Um, like I said, we all deal with it, including me. Um, and that's why I think it's really important. You know, so one of the things um, that I look at, like, for example, YouTube, I think, it, you know, obviously, they are owned by uh, Alphabet, Google, whatever, um, is a terrible platform. It really is. Um, you know, I think you can learn so much from YouTube. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, there's so many videos on there mm-hmm. that can teach you things and learn yeah. how to, you know, whatever it may be. And then there's the dark side of that yeah. platform, you know, where you have people creating videos and saying some of the most horrific things and they just don't do anything. Um, I've, you know, I didn't. I obviously had experience with with YouTube, but when we was doing the Meghan Markle stuff, and we were showing them like, "Hey, 
like this is breaking your 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 own policy, your own rules, mm-hmm. and they were not removing these channels or the videos. And some of this stuff, you know, to just give your listeners an example, like there were some uh, videos accusing the children of not actually existing, that the children were fake. Oh right, you know, yeah. Children or you know one video. They were saying that the, the child actually died, and they were hiding, you know, the fact that the child died, and just the, some, just some of the, the craziest things in terms of racism and, and you know, calling her some horrific names and whatever. And YouTube didn't take any action. It, it, it's not until we kept pressing and about twenty different articles wow. um, on this, this, and I'm not kidding. Yeah. It, was about, it was about that. They finally removed just one channel. You know, after all of that. Wow. Uh, so when it comes to this type of stuff, I have to say, by far, YouTube is the worst. Hmm. By far. I mean, we can get Twitter to take action, mm-hmm. um, press them hard enough. Uh, YouTube, they're just like a stubborn child that don't want to take their medicine. Mm-hmm. And hmm. I do want to see Congress do something about that. And just really quickly, um, and I know this is going to blow a lot of people's minds. Um, it really is. But Gitter is probably the best. Really? In, ter- in terms of targeted harassment, just just to be clear, not like missing disinformation, but right. just specifically targeted harassment. Um, pretty much every time we've reported stuff, at the very least, they've removed the content. They may not suspend the account, mm-hmm. but they will remove the content. Hmm. That's interesting. Not yeah. that I'm going to go on Getter, but yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously they have a small user yeah. base, yeah. So they can, you know, they can they can take action a heck of a lot quicker than let's say Twitter. But right, um, the fact that they even do that, you know, I have to. That's the one thing I you know, I do not like their politics. Obviously, uh, the CEO Jason Jason Miller, I think it is, yeah. Um, you know, I'm not a fan of his, <laughs> yeah. but soulless school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when someone does something they're supposed to do, I'm going, I'm going to applaud them for doing it and right. I'm going to give them, you know, credit for doing it. And yeah, and, yeah. that's interesting. You know, yeah. briefly, uh, before we go into the end of the show, which will be a little bit more fun. I just want to point out, you tweeted, you retweeted Chris Evans, and this was Mm -hmm. his tweet. More white women have spoken about being traumatized by Will Smith slapping someone than yesterday's mass murder of innocent black grocery shoppers. So when I read this, okay, well, I am a woman, I am a white woman, and I did, I did actually tweet more about that slap than I did about the grocery shoppers. But I want to say that I think, you know, I'm like, I I go back to that Santa Barbara killing when that guy wrote the manifesto and he went after women. And we've been, you know, we've had all these mass shootings and the mass shootings just continue and they're going to get worse now because, I mean, the, 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 you know, all the white supremacy shit who was it? There was somebody who did a thread. I don't know who they were, but they did a thread yesterday talking about the fact that this guy, this kid's manifesto was lifted. The words were lifted from other people, from other manifestos, from, I guess, things they saw on Reddit. And the point to this Twitter thread was don't necessarily take on that this kid was uh, radicalized online. This person believed that this kid was probably radicalized at home. And, and it's just important to recognize, you know, where this is all happening, because if we're going to solve this problem, we have to understand the problem. And all I can say is, as far as this shooting in this particular time, because the other, you know, I mean, I haven't I haven't really talked much on on Twitter about this particular shooting for two reasons. Number one, for the last several days, I haven't been tweeting quite as much. Um, but also because I just, I feel like I don't even, uh, shootings keep happening, whether it's black people are targeted, Taiwanese people, women, whoever, Jewish people, whatever, whoever is targeted, it just keeps fucking happening. 
It happens and it happens and it happens. And then the same fucking thing happens every time where the Republicans tell us it's too soon to talk about gun control and they're sending out their thoughts and prayers and Democrats are all screaming about gun control and whatever, you know, if it, whether it's misogyny or race or whatever. And I, I, I'm at the point now where I just feel like, oh my God, what are we going to do about this? I don't even know. I don't have anything new to say. I feel right. like I've said it all, you know, throughout my Twitter experience or whatever, my life experience where I've talked about whether it's race or misogyny, how are, I mean, we have to overcome th- this bullshit. I mean, the white supremacy will always exist. I don't know why people think that skin color makes you better, but whatever they do and they exist and it was fringe and it's not fringe now. And, and, and it's terrifying to me because it doesn't really matter who's targeted it's usually not white men who are targeted, but if black people are targeted, it still affects everybody else. It affects women because because racism and misogyny and bigotry are all like, you know, fucking this one big happy little family and they're not too far removed from each other. And so to me, it's not to it's not to take away from any one group that's being targeted that moment. It's just that oh, it just keeps fucking happening. Mm-hmm. It just and I and I honestly don't even know what to say about it. I don't right. know. So I don't speak for Chris Evans, um, right? <laughs> but I can, uh, but no, I, but I can say that I I know he he wasn't he yeah, once again. I, I like was, Chris Evans, and I, I I don't I'm not criticizing him, and I understand this oh, no, no, no. point. Yeah, I just want to be clear. I I like him. I think he's I I retweet him all the time, and um, so I'm not criticizing him. I was just pointing no, no, that no. out. And, and, but even if you were, you could like someone and criticize. Right, you know? I mean, right, you right, Criticize right. me. I can tweet something out, and I, 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 I think you like me because you've had me on your show <laughs> a few times. But I'm, if, you know, if I tweet something that you don't agree right, with, I right. would hope that you would say, you know, Chris, you know, yeah. I don't agree with that. And, we, and that's and see, this is the thing. That's what I do. I do that. It's social media. I, we are supposed to sometimes disagree with each other and yeah. be able to have civil discourse right. and explain why we don't agree with each other. And then, you know, the next time we may agree, but you know, th- that's, and maybe I'm, I'm being a little too optimistic here. But, <laughs> no, I agree. Know, I do agree with you on this. But that's what I would love to see. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone, even folks on the right, for mm-hmm. us to be able to have these, these conversations without, you know, it, evolving right uh, you're not even evolving it's this crazy just nuts but but back to Chris really quickly um uh so when this was all happening right you know quote-unquote black twitter you know we had this thing where we were all making jokes about this this slap because there were folks that were literally you know Caucasian folks like folks who were saying like they haven't slept in days because of you know, this slap and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I get it. I get it. Yeah. So, you know, he's basically saying, and once again, not speaking for right. him, but I know where he's going with this. Yeah. Like, you know, that slap traumatized you, but. But a, a killing people didn't. Right. Yeah. Slaughtered. Yeah. Didn't. Right. You know, um, so, so it, 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 it comes to this whole thing where, you know, black folks are just, and I'm not speaking for every black person in America or in the world, but you know, a lot of us are tired. Mm-hmm. We like we we really are, and you know, it, it's just like, hey, look, we want the same thing mm-hmm. that everyone else wants. You know, we want you know our our, our kids to have a decent education, yeah. a home to live in, and and that's no different you know, than a white guy down the block or right. the Asian guy or, you know, and thankfully I do live in a, a, a pretty diverse neighborhood um, where I actually do have a white guy down the block <laughs> and, you know, uh, Hispanic family as well. So, you know, I, I, I live in a really diverse neighborhood um, and I recognize a lot of folks don't. Mm-hmm. So when they see someone with darker skin right, yeah. in their neighborhood, they feel child, you know, mm-hmm. scared, or they feel like they're being "quote unquote" replaced, or whatever. Uh, and black folks are just tired, you know. Yeah, we, we're, understandably we're tired. so. We just want the same things everybody else wants. Um, yeah, you're human beings. We're all fucking human beings. Exactly. I mean, just it's just we all want the same thing. All of us do. I mean, you know, with a few exceptions, with people who do have mental illness and all that. But generally speaking, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, we all just and I mean the same argument can be made. 
with the Republicans and Democrats. We all want the fucking same thing. We all want to live happy lives and have good families, go to school and, you know, avoid the, the, the awful stuff as much as we possibly can. And, and I, I mean, and I get what Chris, what Chris Evans is saying is because I, I mean, the same thing could be said. Like, I remember when, when we were putting together the rally for the Equal Rights Amendment back in 2014, there was, we were trying to raise money to get everything done um, to pay for it all. And it was on Capitol Hill, so we had to pay for the stage and all the shit. So uh, we were having such a difficult time raising money. And during this time, somebody was putting together a cookbook, and they put out this recipe for potato salad, and they got like $54,000 on a crowdfunding thing. And here we are trying to, you know, work on women's rights, and we can't barely get anything so it's the same argument it's like okay you're all fucking up in arms you're all excited about your your potato salad and you'll give money for potato salad but you're not going to give it to to people who are fighting for the era and chris i get what chris evans is saying it's like look people are being murdered and you're worried about will smith's slap and it's like for me and i do not want to get in i don't know god what is that i can't remember his name I love him, and he was on Saturday Night Live the week after Will Smith. He's a black comedian, and he came out. Oh, God, I can't think of his name. Um, I watched his special. He was really good. But he was so funny on Saturday Night Live because he was like, okay, Monday, it was all, like, all day, all tweeting about Will Smith. And then Tuesday, it was like, okay, you're still tweeting about him, but you're kind of getting sick of it. And by Wednesday, I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> I just started like I think so many of us went through that. And 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 for me, you know, without getting into too much, it was just it was so shocking because it was on the world stage. And no matter who would have slapped who, I think it was like holy shit, this is the Academy Awards and the whole world is watching and this guy just walked up to another guy and fucking slapped him in front of everybody and it was just so incredibly shocking. And and you know what's really sad? These math shootings are not shocking anymore. I think that's like I think that's basically what it comes down to. It's not shocking. We're so fucking used to it, which is not good. But I think that might be part of the reason. I mean, of course, racism plays into it, and it doesn't affect me. Plays into it, and all of that. But little children were shot, and no common sense gun laws were put in place. And we're supposed to be, you know, I mean, as human beings, you know, take care of the children. And, we, you know, as a country, we want to do it, but lawmakers aren't doing it. And, and, well, and it's just horrible. I just want to say before we go, one thing I will say is, you know, I don't agree that Democrats and Republicans want the same thing in regards to, look, I believe that folks on the right think their numbers are shrinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. country going to the, you know, to the left. And now they're ready to change the rules to prevent that from happening. Right. And that would be anywhere from making it harder for folks to vote or to just lie and say, hey, you didn't win when, you know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, and, and that's the part where I do think that we need to start paying attention as a country and folks who love the democracy, love the country that they live in, that they realize like look this can be taken away at mm-hmm. any time it's, it's it's not something that is you know assured like mm-hmm. it's you know it, it can be taken away mm-hmm. and no look i do believe i and i'll just you know this note i do believe <laughs> that people don't wake up you know this whole roe v way stuff um has probably going I, I do think it's going to backfire mm-hmm. on on republicans i while we were talking i just looked at the uh generic ballot polls now i'm not a big poll fan now i do think <laughs> polls are <laughs> uh, you know they 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 have to change their methodology um, right yes i agree yeah polls are just have not been accurate for quite you know i don't know how many cycles now but yeah. but one thing i'm seeing is a tightening of the of the races uh, in terms of the generic ballot right right? um because before this whole roe v wade stuff uh you know you're looking at polls where republicans were plus 10 plus uh, Mm -hmm. six plus seven Mm -hmm. 
I see uh, two right after the, the Roe v. Wade stuff, Democrats plus two. I see this one that looks like an outlier, hmm. uh, Republicans plus seven. But now this was uh, – says that it was taken on uh, from the 5th to the 10th, May 5th to the 10th, but it was posted recently. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, 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 the 10th. And it has uh, Democrats and, and Republicans uh, at a tie. Hmm. Uh, this was an NBC News Interesting. Um, so it'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. the polls coming out over the next few weeks. If we start seeing a tightening on the generic ballot, because by now, honestly, the Republicans, you know, when you take all the polls and combine them, the average, it has Republicans up um, you know, three point three, three and a half yeah. uh, percent, give or take. Um, that's actually pretty bad. Hmm. Uh, yeah, for this for 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 a generic ballot going, uh, we're in May now, mm-hmm. uh, going into June. They should be they should be a bit higher than that. Well, and it'll be also interesting to look at those polls after they strike it down because it has not been struck down. And so I think, you know, the actual striking down of Roe is, you know, as Rachel Bittercoffer said, we saw these impromptu protests all over the nation. I think we're not only going to see more of those kinds of things, but we're also going to see polls change. I really hope and I hate that this is I hate that this is what is making it change. But I'll fucking take it because if Democrats can win, we can figure this out when we have a majority, but we need a majority because if we get the same Senate and if we lose people in the House, we're not going to be able to fucking change. We're not going to go and get voting rights. We're not going to be able to do it. And uh, we're not going to get any Republicans to do it. Yeah. So just before we go, I know I keep saying that. um, (laughs) But I still still have those last questions to ask you. Oh, yes. Uh, (laughs) The fun ones. This last part here, um, at the same time, in 2018, Democrats were um, the average was uh, 7.3%. Okay, so okay. they they in terms of lead my right. generic yeah. ballot. That's why I said uh, I you, know, three, you know three and a half is pretty low. Yes, okay. it is. Okay, I'm ready for your questions. Okay, so now this is the fun part of the show, and it goes by pretty quick. So don't worry, I won't keep you here for another hour. But it's the Bernard Pivot questionnaire that they always did on Inside the Act inside the actor studio and so the deal is it's 10 questions and i'll ask you and just what comes off the top of your head for each one okay so the first question is what's your favorite word (laughs) whoopsie (laughs) of course it is (laughs) i love your whoopsie doodle tweets is it whoopsie doodle or whoopsie doozle yeah whoopsie doodle whoopsie doodle okay what's your least favorite word oh um <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good one. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Oh, um, so you I have to answer all three? No, just the general, uh, just like in oh, general. Um, geez, I mean, I, I I literally can't answer that with. I, I would have to say, music, making music. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, yeah. No, you, are you a musician? Yes. Oh well, there you go. Um, yeah, my answer to that question is, like, what turns me on is people who have an open mind. Um, okay, so what turns you off? Oh, liars. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite curse word? <laughs> <laughs> Easy one, fuck. It's like everyone. Sometimes that's their favorite word, too. Uh, what is What sound or noise do you love? Oh, my son's my son's laugh. Oh, how old is he? Uh, he's two years and what? Gosh, eight, <laughs> eight months. I think wow. Now. Yeah. Oh, what sound or noise do you hate? Oh, jeez. Um. Uh, oh, that's another good question. What <laughs> noise do I hate? Donald Trump's voice. <laughs> yeah. Totally. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh, oh, oh. Um, 
movie producer. Hmm. What profession would you not like to do? I got you there. Okay, last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Mm, You did a good job. Oh. (laughs) Yay, that's it. All right, well, it was just awesome, as usual, talking to you. And yes, I do like you. (laughs) And if I disagree with you, I promise I'll let you know. Um, Before I let you go, though, tell everybody where they can find you. Sure. Um, you can follow me at C B O Z C B O U Z and Zebra Y at twitter.com. Awesome. And then um, I have your Twitter handle in the link to the Patreon description. I am author Kimberly, K I M B E R L E Y. Don't forget the extra E. My books are on Amazon. Christopher, it was great talking to you. Always a pleasure to be here and talk to you. Will you? you by far the best viewer oh Um, that's so sweet thank you (laughs) and tell your wife she's effing gorgeous and I'm sure you do every day but tell her from me (laughs) and tell her hi (laughs) alright take care